I'm a person that requires those social connections. And I would say all of this has been, the only reason I've been able to do any of this is because I have a few really smart, close friends who have been sounding boards, that have kind of stuck by me, that have helped me in, in a lot of ways that are really hard to explain because I don't know what I do. I was a, I'm a doctor, I'm a pathologist. I'm not even a regular doctor, I'm a pathologist. I've never held a job in my life. I've certainly never started a company. Welcome to the Dream Achievers podcast, hosted by Andy Young. Join us each week as we feature local business owners, nonprofit leaders, and community members that are making a difference in Central and Southwestern Virginia. We love your community and want to feature people that share that same passion. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to another episode of Dream Achievers. It's Andy Young, the Mountain Money Man, and I'm here with John Salmon, the founder of Move Up. So John, thanks so much for joining us today. I wanted to ask you, what originally brought you to the Lynchburg community? Hey, thanks very much for the opportunity, Andrew. Um, so I've been in Lynchburg since 2000. I'm a pathologist. Uh, I came here and joined uh, a, a group, the, the primary pathology group in Lynchburg. We are kind of a, a single uh, health system city, as you know. And um, so I've, I've served with Centra Health and with pathology consultants for 20 years. During that time, uh, I've seen a lot of things change, um, uh, particularly in healthcare, as you well know, over 20 years, it's amazing how much things have changed in healthcare. Um, and you know that would be a long story to really go into all of it. <laughs> and I do tend to ramble, so I'll, I'll shorten it down to say that progressively I've realized, as most of medicine has, that the health of the individual is more dependent on the health of the community in which they live and the environment in which they live uh, than it is on delivery of healthcare. So there's, there are studies that show that there are different European countries that have sort of figured that out and, and apply things better. The United States were kind of a good example of not sorting through that very well. Um, and uh, it's a, it's a dangerous thought uh, you know, we, we talk about like the long-term implications of global warming. I think, the long-term implications of the health economic crisis is uh, very real. Um, and so in the healthcare system, we focus on treatments where, you know, we're, we're, we're good at looking at that piece. I think the big problem is that that's, as we just said, that's not where it's at. Where it is, is in the community. And um, it took me a long time to realize that you can't really, if you're gonna affect the community, you have to go into the community. And so that meant I was progressively doing more and more of what I see as a, um, an innovative community health solution attempt, I'll say, um, since we haven't been successful yet. Um, and uh, I wanted to move more part-time. So um, I ended up moving away from my job at Pathology Consultants and um, and trying my hand full time at uh, building this company that I've called Unified Potential and then Move Up is um, really, it's beginning, it looks as a transportation platform, but it was conceived from the beginning to be an integrated platform of connectivity for a city. That's, that kind of thing is kicked around a lot, the connected community. Um, there are other things we would say about that, but it really has never been done. And we're gonna we're gonna give it a try. 
I, you're hitting on some amazing points. And I, I can remember from uh, interviewing with people, uh, Kay Rollins, that was down in Orlando, Florida, when I lived down there. And there were areas of the community that you basically, you didn't have food readily available. Yeah. The, food deserts. Yeah, a food, a food desert. So you had these communities that I've lived in all over the, the country that were planned cities. So you had the grocery store available. You had the pharmacy. You had this. Uh, unfortunately, Lynchburg is very segmented. And there's a lot of cities like this that are across the nation the same way that you might geographically live in an area that you're not necessarily in walking yeah. distance to have things available. So it sounds like some of those challenges that came up that that was maybe some of the initial ideas with your company that you said, hey, how do we address yeah. this and how do we better link together? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things about Lynchburg that I think is makes it unique and a real opportunity is that we have all of these problems. So we are a city, but not a big city that you can't get your hands around. Um, we have a significant problem with poverty, growing poverty issue. Um, that poverty is along racial lines. So we have additional pressures associated with that. Um, we do have a geographically difficult city. It's the Hill City, right? I mean, it's not <laughs> like you can just say, hey, I walk around. Or I love it when people are like, you know, um, bike. I'm like, I'm a cyclist. I mean, if you tried biking in downtown Lynchburg, it's, it's, uh, you guys better, you better open up spin cycle classes. Of, oh my goodness. Of the whole. Yeah. So, so um, we have these issues and if you don't have the issues, then you can't work out a solution. The whole point is that if we can figure out a solution to these problems, it's the same problems everybody else is having. We can apply this solution someplace else. So the hardest thing for me has been um, the business plan. You've got to have a business plan. If it's not financially sustainable, it's, it's not going to work. And there's, I can give you lots of examples. I'm, I'm sure I don't have to. Um, but all the while, to me, the solution is much more valuable than trying to extract money from a broken area of the society. So look at transportation. A transportation solution is much more valuable than money you would try to sort of skim off of the top of transportation that's already too expensive and that's making it so people can't live good lives. Good. Food deserts wouldn't exist if everybody had transportation. You don't actually have to have a grocery store around the corner from you. You just got to be able to get to it. And those things are very different for different people. And so that's why transportation is the number one community health need. It, it has been on all of the, on every survey we've done in Lynchburg, as well as nationally. It is, if you can't get where you want or need to go, you are not going to be healthy, period. It doesn't matter. The delivery of healthcare doesn't matter. Yeah. And I can, I can remember reading an article uh, a couple of years ago, and it was following the track of someone without a typical transportation. They didn't own a car. What did it look like to take mass transportation to get to work? So they were leaving at five o'clock in the morning to get to their job at seven. Right. Because they had to take multiple different routes, hop on trains, buses, you know, ride share, whatever it might be. So I know from with your company that this is one of the problems that you've tried to address is be able to get from point A to point B yes. in a cost effective manner, no matter what that means to you. Right. So and can you expand a little bit as far as with uh, with move up. What does that look like if someone right now that, that they've downloaded the app on their iPhone or on an Android? What what does that really look like for them, depending upon their situation to get a ride? 
Yeah. So, so one piece you have to understand too, is that um, with the healthcare situation, um, we no longer can just say like, if you don't figure it out, that's not my problem. Like that's that because that person comes back into our healthcare system and becomes our problem, whether you like it or not, we're paying for everything and everybody that fails no matter what. So that that's kind of the motivation. And again, whether, whether you care, like if you're not empathetic and you just feel like, you know, people should be able to, it doesn't matter. You're still paying for it. And so and if that breaks us, that's going to be bad. So how, so automatically it has to be everyone. And that's the, most important piece to keep in mind. A solution is not, I provide you transportation, I know I can sell you. A solution is I make sure everyone has transportation, which means if something's already working for you, you're not part of the problem. If you have your own car, if you use Uber, whatever, you're not part of the problem. It's actually, we're going after the people that by definition are, are the most difficult, the most challenging people in business in a business sense and that they may not have the money, they may not be able to use a smartphone app, they, you know, whatever it is, they don't have adequate transportation. So we said, what can we do to use modern technology to connect anyone in the city, no matter who they are, no matter how old, no matter whether they can use a smartphone or not, to some suitable means of transportation, no matter what that is, whether you're disabled, whether you're a kid, whether you like to take your dog with you, whether you got your bike, you know, whatever it is, whether you have money or don't have money. Um, and so that's kind of the digital platform we went to and we didn't build it in the sense of how do I monetize it? It was, how do I build a solution? And that's what the solution is going to look like. So from that regard, our system really is very unique and I, I'm, I'm proud. It's the most, um, it's the most capable network of its type anywhere, anywhere that I've ever seen. Um, so to put that in perspective, um, Uber is a, you know, uses GPS to connect a rider to a driver. Um, we do all that same stuff, but we can connect that person no matter who they are. We can do um, on-demand transportation, which we think about like Uber is, is primarily on-demand, but scheduled. Schedule is much more important mm -hmm. for, particularly for our target audience. Um, it's really hard to do scheduled transportation if you're trying to, to be an Uber because you're trying to be everything to, to, you're trying to take the biggest chunk of transportation. Essentially doing like ambulatory transportation, somebody yeah. that needed to get to a dialysis treatment, something right. like that. Right, but, but actually we can take our app and apply it directly to the city paratransit system. We can apply it to the community paramedic system. We could, we could apply it to ambulances. We could apply it to anything. Wow. Any suitable, I mean, theory, I never thought about it. We could apply to a medevac, to a, to a helicopter. But it's just, I need to get there. This is my requirements. I'm in a wheelchair. Um, I am, you know, 14 years old and by myself. I have my two kids with me, whatever. I have a bunch of stuff with me. Um, and how am I going to get there? Who's out there? And so you're opening up business markets too, because you're saying like, look, this is a huge need. If you want to provide uh, a service to somebody, the need is there, supply and demand, right? Work, make a job that serves our need and make money doing it. So that's another piece is we do not take money from the businesses, the riders or the drivers. That would be counter to our solution. We're trying to make the cheapest connection, effective connection. So I want my drivers to, to I don't want them to be, 
at below the poverty line. I just added to my problem. I want them to make um, good money for helping with a community need. And so um, the system we're getting ready to demonstrate is that's absolutely what it's based on. So um, the app itself is just to connect anyone to a suitable means of transportation. And that really is just the beginning. We're also working on uh, communication itself and connecting to things you need or want, whether it's um, food, like restaurants, um, activities, even healthcare related things that, that are important to you. Yeah, through the pandemic, I know whether it was in a major metropolitan city or even just here in Lynchburg, there's lots of options to help people out with getting food. They can have food delivered, whether it's DoorDash or Uber yep. Eats or any of those different things, Grubhub. But if you talk to some of these local business owners, I remember I, I spoke to a gentleman uh, that he said he purposely did not use any of those systems because he was losing money. Yeah on the cost of goods, he said, I can't mark up if that taco cost me $3 for you to buy it in the restaurant. If I try to charge you $6 to have it delivered, you're not going to order it. Yeah. That I have to charge that to be able to have any margin and make business. Otherwise I have to lay off employees. Right. So we have a complete, we can do all the deliveries. And, and again, that's where the most advanced delivery platform. And I say that like, you know, it's some sort of grandiose. It totally is. Um, we can do both on-demand or scheduled multi-point deliveries of any number, fully optimized. Um, and the schedule multi-point is a thing like um, Meals on Wheels. And what I, one of the things I didn't mention is we can connect you to riders or drivers that are volunteers where no money changes hands. None of the other systems will do that because they're all based on the financials of having to take a percentage of that money. That's not our, our plan. So if it's a volunteer driver, a friend, a carpool, uh, or a nonprofit like Meals on Wheels or Part Remission or any of these others, um, then we can connect them together and facilitate what they do. So our, our restaurant thing, which we're actively delivering for our restaurants now, um, we have our own online order panel so that you can push the order out, but we do not take anything from the restaurant. It doesn't cost the restaurant to do it. We don't change anything the restaurant does. Our policy is, hey, look, we'll enable you to to get to a driver network, whatever that's going to be, whether they're your employees or they're independent drivers in the community. And the, the customer, if the if someone's paying, the customer pays that driver. So they, we give them a fee. We tell them how much it's going to be. And the customer decides, do I want to go and pick it up? Do I want to have somebody drive it to my house? If I want somebody to drive it to my house, well, then I pay them to drive it to my house. And if I'm the driver that fulfills that very important community need, then I get paid for my work, all of it. Every, every penny of it goes to the driver. So this is a, a system that's sustainable, that increases the, the reach of the businesses. And it doesn't have to be restaurants. We can do that for anybody. We can do that for pharmacy because we can vet our drivers um, to a much higher level than a DoorDash can, which is only interested in putting everybody on. And this is all the same platform, the same drivers that are taxi drivers. We can use them as delivery drivers if they're not, if they want to, and they're not working. The goal is to keep them busy, right? The goal is exactly right. It's to maximize their usefulness and, and their capabilities, so whatever they, can, they want to provide. It's, it's more expensive to provide transportation for people because of insurance Mm -hmm. uh, and other issues. Uh, and that's one of the things, the biggest thing, if you get nothing from this, is that we are solving the insurance piece. And that is, I, I, I can't, that is enormous. 
The amount of money that we pay in insurance to move people around is one of the reasons why transportation is so expensive. And it's because like, if you look at the taxi company, um, on the go taxi is a newer taxi company here. We, and we're working directly with them and, and looking at all of the issues. Um, they, she spends $700 a month on insurance. Wow. If the taxi breaks and doesn't get to do anything, she's still spending all that money. So how do you do pay as you go insurance? You have to have a digital platform. Otherwise you don't know. And it's got to be all connected together. So we're, we're contract. We, we have a contract now with a company called Digisure. Um, and this is going to be everything. So um, we will be able to provide people with tiered insurance based on what they're doing at that time. So I drive my car to the grocery store. This is what it costs me. I drive someone to a doctor's appointment and this is what that trip costs. So I'm paying for the insurance of what I do, but when I do nothing, I don't pay the extra. So it'll be the lowest amount of insurance possible and enable people to do things that they want to do. Um, so to put those, that into numbers right now, a taxi cab costs $2.80 a mile and that's regulated by the city. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I don't think those drivers do all that well. I think they really struggle to, to make a living doing that, to provide the, you know, the, that's the core for our transportation system in, in a place like this. We are getting ready to demonstrate um, our four Teslas um, using our app, uh, paying the drivers by the hour, factoring in insurance and everything, the running costs and all that for those vehicles, we think we can get that transportation down to at least $1.40. Uber is typically wow. $2 a mile to at least $1.40. My goal is a dollar. And that's while paying drivers $25 an hour. So um, that's sort of tell, it shows you how much is lost in maintenance and insurance on vehicles. Um, and that we pay for that, that becomes part of our transportation costs. So by, again, that, that is such a huge deal. And that's going to be the beginning of how we kind of revolutionize um, transportation for, for a city like this. And everything we're doing is intended to be scalable and portable. So we can just eliminate inefficiencies. I, I can remember Starbucks did this study a few years back to say, hey, let's actually track the steps of employees and look at the layout makes sense of their stores. And what they found is it didn't at all. They were crossing over. It was causing confusion. So they redid all the layouts of their stores. They said, no, this is your zone. This is where you work. You only walk from here to here. You're no longer crossing over uh, because there was so much time lost and inefficient. And if it's inefficient, it takes longer and it's more expensive. Yeah. And, and everybody loses out on that, right? It becomes more expensive. The drivers don't make money. Then you've got people that, that are become part of the problem that you're trying to fix. <laughs> exactly. um, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that about the analysis, like the efficiency analysis, because, you know, this just recently fell in my lap where I, um, I'm, I'm meeting actually later today with folks from Bird Dog Technologies. And so there's another local company that does advanced AI. And one of their solutions is advanced mapping and analysis. So they, even back when Uber said they you know, were looking at venture capitalists, one of the things they said was they were going to be able to change the traffic flow and all this because it would be all on one network. The problem is it actually does have to be all on one network. That might have worked if everything was Uber, but Uber's not going to be everything to everybody. We really want to put everything on one network, which is going to give us the ability to do that, to say like, okay, like this is being managed by carpools and this is being managed in this way. How do we maximize the assets that we have? 
and, and again, take full advantage of the system we put in place, that is a massive thing. Because my goal is to, rem- is to eliminate city buses and, and school buses. These things are not effective and they're very expensive. You may not care. You're like, oh, I don't have school age kids. Why do I care how much a school bus costs? Because you're paying for it. Paying for it in taxes. Right. All of that. <laughs> and and the school buses are a perfect example of like, I can't do away with them because I don't have another solution. I have to I have to have transportation for every kid that's going to school. Well, how efficient way. was it to use a school bus as a meal delivery vehicle during the pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> They're so expensive to maintain. They're a hundred thousand plus. Um, you got to have a CDL. I mean, there's so many reasons why they're, they're totally useless except for that one thing. But you, if you, if you have a system where we know ever where every kid is and we know who's not using the bus system and we can put them in vehicles that we vet and know are safe and effective for them to get where they need to go. Um, we can actually do this a whole lot better way cheaper you know it's just the money that we spend on insurance for school buses it's it's just money in into the hole um and then our drivers aren't paid very well um, so we can improve all that and one reason they're not paid very well is because we don't have enough money to no margin pay. there for them to be able to do that and they can't do anything else right as soon as they get the kids to school it's like now what do i do well why don't you do other things you did that you just drove children like the most difficult thing for transportation you just drove children there's nothing you can't do but we just don't have any other work for you and what we did wasn't that cost effective anyway i mean so we can really open all of this up um and I, i'm very excited about that and I, I don't even know how i found these folks it's just like how, how could this fall into your lap so what relationships have been most important for you as a founder with opening up this company and starting to, to have this initiative to grow here in Lynchburg and across the nation? It's, it's funny that you asked that. I hadn't ever thought of that until right now, until you asked the question. And you know what I'm going to answer, and it's particularly for this pandemic, because this has been such a difficult time for me, because I'm a really, I'm a I'm a person that requires those social connections. And I would say all of this is, is, has been, the only reason I've been able to do any of this is because I have a few really smart, close friends who have been sounding boards that have kind of stuck by me, that have, um, that have helped me and, and in a lot of ways that are really hard to explain um, because I don't know what I'm doing. I was a, I'm a doctor. I'm a pathologist. I'm not even a regular doctor. I'm a pathologist. I've never held a job in my life. I've certainly never started a company. I've, I've never been to business school. I'm, uh, and now I've, I have three LLC, well, I have three different businesses. One's in Inc. now and a 501c3. I learned how to, to do that. I was able to get 501c3 status and I, I can, I can actually receive grants from both the federal government and the state. Um, it's been a lot of learning and not in any way related to what I thought I would be doing with my life. I'm now a software engineer, which is <laughs> hilarious. I actually have learned a fair bit about, about, um, you know, modern software, things like social media and things that I think as a, as a healthcare community, I think that's one of the things we've really fallen down. And that, that has been sort of a motive for me. 
Um, social media and smartphones have changed the way we interact and live as people. And the healthcare world, most of society that's sort of in the decision-making process do not understand what's happened, how to use it, what's of how we're being affected. I mean, we all look around and we're just like, oh, social media is toxic. Okay. Well, how are you planning on fixing that? Because just telling people, oh, just get off social media. You just stop it. That's not, that's not going to work. That's not a solution. Um, especially when all of your restaurants have no other platform. If you're a restaurant, you, what, what other platform you Instagram doesn't work. TikTok. I don't even know what that is. I need to learn. You can't, you have to use Facebook. And so you're beholden to this system that you don't know anything about that was not designed to help you. It was designed to make money. And so that was a long-winded response, which I'm typical of, <laughs> but it's really as my close friends that have, have sort of helped me steer through the, and it's sitting down and having conversations like this, just, just, you know, philosophizing, talking about the political world, um, medicine, all these different things, just sort of talking about it, listening to people, having them listen to you, having them tell you're an idiot. <laughs> That's you important. Put it right on it, though, when you said that you have the choice, you can either complain about it and do nothing and say somebody should change it, or you can be the actual change and you can spur that on. So you've, I, taken, you've taken advanced action with that, that you said no. I, listen, I, this isn't my wheelhouse, but I'm going to do something about yeah. it. I'm going to learn about it and figure out a way to make it happen. So uh, for, for other people that are passionate about that, that they're listening right now, or they're watching us on YouTube and they say, Hey, where can I get more information about move up? And this, this yeah. whole thing that John's trying to make actually happen, whether they want to donate or they just want to use the service, uh, where can they get more information? Well, so I really appreciate that because that is key. The ideas we're building a solution for the city. And so, feedback from the community is absolutely imperative. We truly are trying to build a system for people. Um, so knowing what people need and, and want and what works and what doesn't uh, is very important. Um, so my business website is unifiedpotential.org um, and then MoveUp's website. And there were many different things we're doing, but MoveUp is sort of the most visible right now. And so moveuplunchburg.org is this website for for the app itself. So you can find some information on there. I will, I will tell you everything moves so quickly. It's so difficult to keep up um, with what's happening for the people out there that have heard of this and, and say wanna, they want to get involved. I'll tell you that we are actively doing deliveries for restaurants and businesses and we can accommodate. There's no end to the number of drivers that we could accommodate to deliver things. You know, right now it looks like DoorDash, but it's, but it's not. And it's, we're continuing to expand We've got to get more restaurants and businesses on board, but we want to do that. So we would welcome you there. Um, transportation is tricky. It requires insurance. If you are already a taxi company or a transportation company, we can take what we have and give it to you and use it to your advantage. You don't have to change anything you're doing. We will adapt to what you have to try to make your business stronger and better, and you don't have to pay for it. Um, as we get further down the road and we, we can implement the insurance into our sort of beta test system, what I'm calling Nexus, which is like the core of a network. Um, we are going to hire drivers for that. That's probably going to be the end of March before we really start hiring. We should be able to hire nine to 10 full-time drivers 
And again, I, I am hoping to pay them $25 an hour, which is pretty good money. Um, and I, because we're going to expect a lot from them. Um, so from that stamp, that will build to where we can enable what everybody thinks of as ride share, the, the Uber, which is shared use. I have a private car. I'm using it for commercial transportation. I'm using it as a taxi. Um, we are positioned to expand and bring that in any way that, that would really work where you are your own boss, you set your rates, you keep all the money and we have insurance products and things to allow you to do that safely and, and build a, a, a full system because it, it's going to take all of it. There's no one little piece. that's going to be the answer. We're trying to provide transportation for everyone. That means a lot of things are going to be involved in that, in that process. So Absolutely. end of March and then expanding on through the summer. It, it's it's quite the thing to see, but I know it's in your head to be able to tackle this and to make it happen. But I, I appreciate what you're doing to try to change and shape this community here, John, as well as all the others that you'll affect over time with this technology and what you're trying to apply. So that's fantastic to be able to, to help out here with Lynchburg, because like you said, it's it's very difficult for someone to get around, especially if they're low income or they're not able-bodied uh, to be able to get through. So it's, uh, it's an amazing thing that you're doing to tackle that. Well, I, I, one last shout out yeah, to the two guys that are, that are working with me that I, I wouldn't be here if it, if it wasn't for them. Brian Vorce, who is, is my operations guy, and he's just the kind of guy that can get anything done and understands so much that I don't. Um, and Chris Yeager, who is um, our full-time software engineer, chief, chief IT, however you want to say it. And he's just, uh, we'd have nothing without him putting it together. Absolutely brilliant. So perfect, um, perfect example of that STEM uh, type person. I think I saw with that started programming at the age of 10. Uh, so it's amazing yeah. with that to yeah. see what people are able to grow into uh, with that. So, well, John, I appreciate your time with that. For all of you that are watching this or listening right now, be sure to hit the button to subscribe so that you're informed of upcoming episodes. We launch every Wednesday. So we're sharing a story from Central and Southwestern Virginia of people that are trying to make an impact and a difference in their communities. Until next time, this is Andy Young, the Mountain Money Man, signing off. Thanks, Dan.